We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. And welcome to the Moose and Rouge podcast, this episode 95 of the pod. Matt, we are in that special time of the year, a bit of a downturn in the sporting cycle, but we got hot topics coming your way, Moose and Rouge listener. Uh, before we get into it at all, Matt, um, why don't you just say hello, um, greet the people uh, with that with that baritone voice of yours. Well, that's, that's right. Kind of you to say. I think that was a compliment. Um, the, the good news about these, you know, duller times in the sporting season, Joe, is it, it gives us time to really have a mm-hmm. little bit longer of a production meeting, do a little bit more thinking, maybe get a little more creative. Uh, football season, mm-hmm. we don't have to get too creative because everything's right out in front of us. But this gives us a chance to talk about some some different stuff. You know, maybe some more off topic stuff. Get a little bit creative with. Well, with, uh, speaking with the topics. of speaking of different stuff, this isn't one that uh, came up in the in the pre production meeting here, but really, I am right scrolling. Off the bat. Right off right the bat, off the bat. Through a curve ball, we, we have like a right 15 minute so production back, meeting. Wait back on this one and uh, just, if you don't like it, you know, flip it, flip it foul, but stay alive. Okay. Two, you got two strikes on you sure. already. Okay. That's fair. Um, I just scrolling through Twitter and you tend to sometimes in these vacuums of, of sport, you tend to go back to the old highlights. And that's one of my favorite things to do with one of my favorite things to do on YouTube is just get lost oh, yeah. down a rabbit hole of 1990s highlights, whether it be the home run. I've watched the home run chase. There's like an hour video. I do that YouTube. with basically Blackhawks playoff runs almost Blackhawks playoff basis. runs. Um, the home run chase. What's your favorite, like outside of the Blackhawks playoff run, Ooh, Blackhawks that's... playoff run. Sorry, I'm a little tongue tied okay. today. Um, what uh, what's your favorite place to go uh, in terms of uh, you know the grainy images? That's a great question. It's got to be you know video recaps of the 05 uh, Sox playoff run. Okay. Um, partially because I haven't really experienced many other titles uh, in my life mm-hmm. outside of the Blackhawks and that one from the White Sox. Yeah. Um, you know, on occasion I'll, I'll dive deep into some some Notre Dame stuff, but again, they usually let me down in the end. Um, <laughs> you end that video around 10 minutes and yeah. 12 minutes. So, video. you know, the, the White Sox one, it's about, it's, it's, I think I've watched the same one probably 50 times. It's like a 20 minute video. It pretty much takes, takes you game by game. That's probably my go to. Um, uh-huh. Not much Bears stuff in there because, again, they haven't really done much. I mean, obviously, every once in a while you stumble along the shot from Jordan or, or Kerr's big jumper in, uh, in you know, the finals the year before. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I got to go Sox. That, that's that's usually one, my go-to, 05. To be clear here, the one that spurred the question is, I just saw a video, got tweeted out of the uh, Kobe to Shaq uh, uh, NBA Finals alley okay. with Shaq points. So that's, I mean, just, just big dunk videos. But where I find myself going more often than not is knockouts, fight sports. Okay. Knockout videos because – it's something like that we don't knockout. get a, we don't get a ton of yeah so go watch all Tyson's 20 30 whatever knockouts or go watch um you know just uh you know best MMA head kicks like something real violent mm-hmm. something like that that's I'll, I'll tend to that. go there yeah you yeah. just like seeing people get hurt Joe that's okay uh, 
Well, it's a complete non sequitur to, to what we were trying to get in here too. But you know, hey, that's, that's okay. This is this is what this time of this you know the sports calendar is for the random topics that we might not necessarily fit in or make sense. We get we're always a little bit scatterbrained, but we don't have football to reel us in. So sometimes we let that you know kind of get the best of us. That's okay. Well, let, let's keep this thing uh, pretty unstructured then, Matt. I'm going to let you go. Dealer's choice. Where do you want to take us here? Where, where, where do you want to start um, You know, off? I think we pride ourselves after football, um, always on being a Tiger podcast, uh, a yes, golf podcast. So uh, not yeah. maybe not the worst news in the world, but I think we should we should kick off with the Tiger. Not great it news. Over the, it's not great. Um, Tiger, yeah, Tiger announced he's, he's missing the, uh, the Arnold Palmer. With a, he said, I think he called it a strain neck, right? Am I, mm-hmm. That's right. So he said, he said in the tweet, it has nothing to do with with the lower back. I hope it has nothing to do with the lower back, but I gotta be honest. I, with I you, believe, I, I believe him, I, but you know, everything's kind of connected. Yeah, in some I believe way. that it, it uh, has nothing to do with the lower back, but any injury to a forty-two-year-old worries me um, with what we're trying to see. Yeah. Um, with He's just, you know, over the last six months, started to put momentum together and I think get his on-course confidence back, not only physically, but, you know, in trotting a ball around a golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that can put a knock on that confidence uh, leading up to the Masters and the, the remaining um, majors beyond that and, and the players and all the other places we want to see him, um, it, it's not good news. No. Uh, that said, he did say he hopes to be back for the players. He doesn't think this is going to be something that's going to, you know, sideline him long term. So I guess mm. you can you can take a little bit of solace in that. And I, I now that Tiger's he says his back is healthy, and I still kind of believe that. And his swing this year so far has kind of showed it. He's still making great contact with the ball. He's he's pulling off shots like he did out of the bunker, where you know that puts a lot of stress on your back. So I'm. I'm believing him as well that this is just a neck thing, um, that the mm. lower back is okay. But like you said, it is a confidence thing. It or can be a confidence thing. And whether that lower back's involved or not, you know, having a, a neck strain pop up randomly might kind of get in his head like, man, am I ever going to you know, be able to stay fully healthy? Do you think, do you find it interesting? I, I find it very interesting that Jack's tournament and Arnie's tournament are as close as they are together now. Yeah, on you, you think that'd it be like a spread them out? it forces guys to make a decision on like who they want to pay homage to. And I think it's wrong. <laughs> well, for now, I think you got to pay homage to Arnie because Jack's still here. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, they, like we got to wait for the guy one. to die to tell him how much we love them. I get, you know, unfortunately today, Joe, that <laughs> that's how it works. How it works a lot. But yeah, that doesn't make that, that, that is I, not even an observation I thought of would probably make sense to spread them out a little bit, maybe put Jack's before the U S open or something like that. I don't really know to still give it some, mm-hmm. some luster to it, but yeah, that, that's, that's a fair point for guys who don't really want to play all that close together. Uh, making them choose between those two guys is that, that's asking a lot. Anytime we go to tiger, the, the question has to be uh, posed uh, or anytime. Yes. I think he's going to win the green jacket. Looking at a weekend. What, uh, what constitutes a successful season for Tiger Woods this, this year? You know, I, I obviously staying healthy is, is number one. If, he, if Obviously, he's not perfectly healthy now, but you know what I mean. Where, as long as he doesn't mm-hmm. consistently miss a bunch of time, doesn't miss a major, um, that's a start. But, I mean, I, I think he's got to win one. I, I really do. Uh, I think he has win to win a major. A tournament? A major. Win a major. A major. Okay. I think he has to win a major. I think he'd tell you in his own head, it's not a successful season for him, you know, fully if he doesn't mm-hmm. win a major. I mean, he might be able to say, you know, if he wins a couple tournaments here and there, fall short in a couple, he might say he has a good season, an okay season, one he's, he's okay with. But yeah. um, a successful season, 
I think his mission is to win a major. And if he doesn't accomplish that, I don't think he'd say this was a very successful one. I think that there's one place or one opportunity for it to be a successful season outside of winning a major. And that's winning three more tournaments and uh, surpassing the total wins of Sam Snead. Um, I think that would, that would um, offer enough celebration, pomp and circumstance, uh, career milestone to make it feel like a success outside of winning a major. I do think that one, he'd take a major over the three wins any day of the week and call it a career. Um, if that was the case, but uh, I don't think that's the case. And I think that there's, if he can stay healthy in the way he's striking the ball, if he can figure out the putter, which I understand it's hard for a 42 year old to do, um, it, it would be a uber successful season. If one of those three wins came uh, at Augusta or elsewhere in the major championship realm. So I, I'm, I'm pulling for the guy as we always do. It's just, uh, it's a little bit uneasy when, when the phone buzzes and it's a uh, sports center or score center update. And I'm expecting to see like uh, Kings tip off in yeah. 10 minutes or something like that. And I see Tiger Woods uh, removing himself from Arnold Palmer invitation. Not like, what oh, you're looking for. Cause that's a tournament that he loves. That That's, that's one that he would have played if he could play in because oh, I mean, that, that's always, I, if anyone loves outside of the majors, that's, of, his, that's his favorite. Yeah, if anyone loves showing off in front of the old heads more than anyone, and I understand, you know, Arnie's not there, but he is in spirit, and uh, there's a lot of representation of the old guard there on, on weekends like this. Um, Tiger's that guy. He, yeah. he loves saying, hey, look what I can do at your place. <laughs> that is Tiger. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're pulling for him and uh, hoping that he gets healthy, like you said, in time for the uh, players, which has been bumped up this year prior to the majors, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really hit the ground running with the major championships. Yeah, uh, I think uh, you, you, we talked about it a little bit, but the fact that he's still striking the ball well and you know still mm-hmm. hitting at the distances there makes me still, I guess, think the lower back is fine because if there was an issue with that back, I don't think he'd be hitting the ball as well. I don't think he'd be going as far as it is. So yeah. fingers crossed. Health and wealth, and, and he's got the wealth. Well, he's got the wealth. You know, you know, <laughs> on lockdown. Uh, Matt, let's uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. Head over to the Bears. Uh, we saw the scouting combine. We'll talk a little bit more combine later on in the show. And I'm some still suffering. That will hit. You're still suffering. I'm still not over it. Oh, we don't have to say. I'm saying you ran a forty or something. I know. Oh, oh no, it, it's <laughs> you still. Think I ran a forty. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening less and less frequently to me. Oh. But uh, I, I still occasionally will look back and say, like, damn, was that our shot? Was that was that the was that, it? was that the best was that the best it's going to shake out for us? Uh, it was last year. Yeah, it shook out real good um, with how um, I don't know. It, it everything seemed to be going the right. lack of a favorite. There yeah, was and there, lack of nobody a emerged. Like the, the Saints and Rams each looked strong at times. Both kind of. I didn't buy in great down either stretch. of them. They weren't great down the stretch. stretch. I mean, the Bears yeah. exposed the Rams for kind of who they were. Um, and both teams in the NFC Championship game was more like who doesn't want to lose instead of who wants to win. Uh, for the and most that's part. how that's how the Saints were playing for like the last six weeks of the season. It yeah, felt like too, they were gettable. Um, Damn it! But you know that pain's still there. That pain's still there. And we said that pain doesn't go away until day one of camp or, or week one of the season or win one of the season. Um, you gotta you gotta turn the page. But uh, hopefully, um, the page is being turned with. 
just as talented, if not an even more talented roster. And this is the time of year when those types of things happen. And, yeah. you know, you made the point in pre-production that not a ton of cap space. So when you're looking at free agents that got released in terms of a Landon Collins, probably not where you're going to go. Uh-huh. Um, Eric Weddle's 32 years old. He's probably going to get overpaid by somebody, probably not where we're going to go. Um, but what would you like to see the Bears add, or, or where do you think they can get better uh, in both free agency and the draft? I in free agency, I actually think Eric Weddle is a could fit if you're if you're going after a bigger name type of guy, mm-hmm. which I'm sure they'll kick the tires on. Like you said, they're probably not going to be afford a lot. A lot of them. I think that's the guy you realistically might be able to have a shot at because he might be mm-hmm. a guy who. He's made some good money in his career. You know, made a lot of money with the Chargers, made some money with Baltimore. He might be at the point of his career where he's like, you know what? These guys have a really good defense. I'm not going to be called upon to do as much here. You know, I can kind of just do my job instead of having to worry about elsewhere. Be a nickel guy or something. Yeah, and I I think that that might be an opportunity that would would call to him again. It's it's an identity that – a defensive identity, a team identity that I think would fit in with a guy like Eric Weddle. So I I think – in terms of safety, um, that's the guy I'd be targeting. I like Adrian Amos, but um, I don't think he's going to be worth the contract he's going to want. The Bears have drafted well, especially safeties in the back end of rounds. Uh, that, that's been Ryan Pace. I mean, he's drafted Amos and um, Eddie Jackson, so obviously. I, I'd argue he, that that's the biggest turnaround in the yeah, entire organization he, right they, now. We literally went the from defense. the worst secondary, especially you know in, in – the safeties category to we've had the last conversation year, arguably the best we had the conversation which felt like pair of safeties yeah, uh, we had the conversation we felt like a couple weeks ago on this podcast that we haven't had a good safety since Mike Brown mm-hmm. and um no, here okay. we are with like you said uh, one of the best duos in the league. So that, that might be why some people say, well, don't let go Amos because we saw how hard it was to find one, but I'm of the belief that especially how good this defense is, it's a little bit easier to plug in one of those guys, and you're going to – I don't think you're going to be able to pay both safeties. And as much mm-hmm. as I like Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson – Eddie, uh, Eddie Jackson has superstar <laughs> written all over him. He's already playing like a superstar. He needs to get paid in a year or two. So I think he's your guy if you have to pick one of the two. Um, and the Patriots have shown it in the past. They say thank you for what you've done, but they're not going to overpay to keep you. Their, their idea is we're going to you know, just kind of reload. Uh, we can't pay everybody. We're not going to pay everybody. We'll pay the guys we can. And if you've been good, thank you. But it's time to move on. I think that's where I'd be going with Adrian Amos. I like that. Um, in terms of the draft, and I know we still have, what is it, uh, April something? April. It's got to be coming April. up on us, though. We got probably it's just over a month, right? You're saying Whatever. your draft board's not set yet? My draft board's not totally set <laughs> yet. It's it's, it's hard the, to, hard the to forecast ball. the third round there, Joe. Um, the uh, yeah, Bears going to be I'm, sleepers until the third round, but I think you're um, looking for a body in the secondary uh, in the third round mm-hmm. if it's there. Uh, obviously, I think you're looking for a running back. I, I've said several times that, that was Dexter where, Williams is a is a great fit uh, for what no, for what uh, the Bears want to do. But I think there's a lot of those types of guys, and I think you know in the third to fourth round range, they're going to find one there. But it, with that pick in the third round, if they don't find a way to get back into the second, um, mm-hmm. I think you kind of go best available of you know one of those two positions, you know, def- either nickel, corner, safety, running back, whichever the best available is at those positions. I think you go with um, might might throw tight end into that too because we don't know what we have in Adam Shaheen, mm-hmm. um, but. I think there are some some limited holes to fill, but there are some some of those holes. And I think in the third round is where you're going to see them try and 
obviously maximize what they can get. And I think running back or safety is probably where they're going to be able to do it. One guy I've been reading about that uh, some people in the area like as a fit is um, the kid out of Memphis, Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I heard um, that. He, I think, had a very good combine, though. So he might be, from what I've read, shooting yeah, up some draft one boards. Of those, one of those PR guys shooting mm-hmm. up draft boards. But, yeah, you're going to have to have someone in that third-round range. There's so much depth of talent at uh, – at the running back position, we talk about it all the time that you just find a guy to fit your scheme. And um, if you're if you're a player looking at Matt Nagy's scheme, uh, you got to be licking your chops yeah. in everything that he's going to ask of you as a running back, whether it be catching balls out of the backfield, toting the rock, running some fun little looks, misdirections, picking up linebackers. It's going to be a blast. And I did see a quote. Um, I believe it was last week, uh, something along the lines. It was when Nagy was on Good Morning Football, and he said they were asking him about the offense and the attack and just the confidence of Mitch Trubisky, yada, yada, yada. And uh, he said, you know, it's year two. Now you're going to see what this offense can do. Like, now we're going to open up the playbook, which, you know, being a Chicagoan makes me think, like, 18 weeks, 20 weeks with these guys. You couldn't open it up last year, but – I'm excited to see what that means. Yeah, uh, and I, I think Nagy said all the right things at the Combine, too. Obviously, he was asked a million times about that Eagles game and kind of how you come back from it. He basically said, you know, we're we're looking at it like we did the Packers game. <laughs> how do you come back? Well, you cut our kicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut our kicker. We took the first step. He, he was kind of saying, you look at it like we, we did the Packers game in week one, and that was, everybody said, as devastating loss as you can have. Um, you know, Chris Collinsworth was saying we were, you know, the Bears can never come back from this, and you know everything turned out right there. So we've seen the team has the mental makeup to come back from that. Um, but another name you brought up um, was who did you just say? I forgot who you said. Uh, well, <laughs> I've been um, idiot. Henderson. Oh, Darnell Anderson from Memphis. Yeah. The uh, the other name I, I saw a couple tweets involving, and if you can fall this far, that'd be great. Is Bryce Love out of Stanford? Um, mm-hmm. You know, last year he was a preseason Heisman favorite two years ago. I was going to say, he's, you know, he's couple, like 20 two, months removed from a Heisman. 2,000-plus yards in Stanford last year. He, he didn't have the year uh, he wanted, partially because of health, partially because whenever teams played Stanford, they didn't have a quarterback and just put nine in the box and said, we're not mm-hmm. going to let Bryce Love run. He's got the speed and versatility, and I think if he's Wicked not... Smart. He's obviously very smart. Um, <laughs> if he's not called upon to you know carry the ball 25 times a game, which he won't be with the Bears. I think his explosiveness, his speed, but also his ability to clearly run in between the tackles, uh, which I think is the type of guy the Bears are looking for. Obviously, Cohen's kind of the more scat back who can get out in space and, and be a receiver. But I know I know Nagy wants all of his backs to be able to do that. But you still need, especially in Chicago, a guy who can go run in between the tackles, and Bryce Love can do that. So if he can if he can fall to the Bears in the third or maybe in the fourth round, maybe they trade back into the third at, at a certain spot, I think he'd be mm-hmm. a fantastic fit too. Yeah, I like that as well. Um, Explosive talent. You know, we're lucky enough to be in a situation where – things did shake down the way that they did and the and the roster is where it is right now because you know that was a that was a flyer to take to to bump yourself all the way to the third round yeah. and uh and really just count on this group of guys as it currently stands but mm-hmm. uh I think regardless of who adds who the bears are still looking at a top 3 defense and hopefully an offense that bumps into the top 10 this year as well now, I want to ask you, we talked a little bit about, I, we talked about Amos and, and adding to that secondary, but if the Bears are dead set on keeping one of Adrian Amos or Bryce Callahan, uh, which direction are you leaning? Um, or would you lean towards, I don't want either? Or not that you don't no, want either, but, that I don't want not either, wanting, I think, but I don't think either are worth what they're going to get paid. 
I think they both bring a similar uh, skill level, a similar talent, a similar top end to the Bears. Mm-hmm. So I think you negotiate with both of them, and I, I hate to say it, but go with the cheap one for cap yeah. issue for cap sake. Like, who wants to be here? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you don't, you never want to like pit two guys against one another because yes, they are going to talk. Yes, they they are going to know what the other one's being offered and what they're being valued at. These guys are, you know, they they don't live in bubbles. Um, but it's it's the harsh reality of the business that sometimes when the talent level is commensurate, you um you, you take the you take the team friendly contract. So that, yeah. I think that would be the deciding factor for me. I honestly, I think I'd lean towards letting them both walk just because I think they're both going to get paid. I think we saw Sheriff McManus step up when when Bryce Callahan broke his foot last year and he played pretty well in that nickel slot not that he's your long-term solution there but i think he's a guy who can play there while we draft and develop others or you know find our undrafted free agent that we like whatever and i like Dion bush and the times he filled in for eddie jackson really wasn't all that bad Mm -hmm. um so again i think that's another guy you can kind of have in uh you know maybe draft or even go after a cheaper maybe albeit older free agent option but the guy like eric weddle who might take a one or two year deal that's very team friendly and trying to win a super bowl but we'll yeah. see. Um, they got their work cut out for them this offseason. Obviously, the team's in a great shape, but they got their work cut out to take them to that next level because they are close. I think um, I think what we can be most excited about right now is the fact that our quarterback, you know, he's got a, he's got a lovely lady in his life now, really just holding him down. Um, um, Mitch? A, a steady, yeah. Yeah, a, he's ground. He's a, he doesn't have to worry. It's one life. less thing he has to worry about. You know, he one doesn't. He's got to worry yeah, about. I like but, that. You know, just QB one doing QB one things. Good for is him. all we need out it's of him. Just yeah, good very, for him. Yeah, yeah, let's um, let's keep this thing pushing before. Uh, I should have been a quarterback. <laughs> and that right there is why kids in Alabama are picking up footballs everywhere. That's yeah, people, what you get. People are saying, "Look Alabama at Bryce's contract." People are saying, "Look at Bryce Harper's contract." Maybe look at Mitch Trubisky's Instagram. Seriously, um, Catherine Webb did po- pop up on my uh, explore page the other are day. Are her and AJ McCarron divorced? Still, no. Still married. Two I beautiful I, kids. I thought I and they were divorced. Somebody was telling me they were. She divorced. still got her fastball. Um, don't I don't, don't go too Musburger on this podcast. Just saying, you don't want to draw attention for the wrong reason. She can still bring the heat. Um, I don't think they're divorced. They look very happy in like, oh, well, the delivery good. room. I believe they just had their second child recently. Good. So. I like AJ. Um, Always liked AJ. Rooting, rooting for them all. Rooting for them all. Matt, let's uh, let's keep this thing pushing. What do we sure. got? We got um, hoops. We got to talk. We, we got, got to talk a little yeah, bit. Talk hoops, hoops, right? We got to talk a little NBA coming down the stretch here. Um, Western Conference heating up uh, down towards the the six through ten seed right now, looking more like eight through ten. Um, it's really a race between the Kings, the Clippers, and the Spurs. I guess you could say the Lakers. Uh, Not even ones. They're. They just spot. lost to the Clippers. I mean, they're five and a half out with eighteen to go, or nice, is it less than eighteen now to go? They're uh, they have eighteen remaining. They're I think they're done like dinner. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's much left in the tank. I think that LeBron is reaching a new level of frustration with all the pushback he got following the. And I said it after the trade deadline. These are emotional young kids who, if anyone's going to be affected by the news that. LeBron tried trading everyone. It's going to be this group, and it's Can going to affect the chemistry inside the locker room. And those are—it's a very, very small room in the NBA. It's not like there's clicks. It's not like there's little side conversations. It's fifteen guys in a small room who 
have spent the last six months, seven months together. And there's got to be a trust there. Come March, come April, come May, there's got to be a trust there. There's just no trust in the Lakers locker room right now. Now, I I mean, I guess I could turn this into a grievance if I wanted to, because I just kind of thought of it now. I think I'm going to. Agreed. Um, Hit the music. Hit the music. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. No, you're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind? I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. People keep saying that you know LeBron just doesn't have the talent around him this year. That you know, that, that, it's such a lie. It's such a, a, it's just a farce made up to defend LeBron. Hey, LeBron got hurt. I don't think he's healthy. That's that's not an excuse. I, I think that's reality. He put on some weight. That's he, what put them behind the eight down. ball. That put them yeah. behind the eight ball. But I mean, Brandon Ingram is. Having a fantastic night over the last ten days or something. Oh, this season he's averaging eighteen and five, which is fine. But like you've been saying, though, over the last you know ten games or so, he's been absolutely killing it. Rondo had a triple double last time. I don't know, Rajon Rondo isn't an elite talent anymore, but he's a very Mm -hmm. good NBA point guard still when he brings his best. Kyle Kuzma going into this year, all we were ever told was how he's one of the best young talents in the NBA. But now because LeBron and the Lakers aren't playing well, Kyle Kuzma's not all that good. I mean, yeah, Lonzo Ball's been hurt, but I don't think he's make or break for this team making the playoffs or not. There's just Le- LeBron hasn't carried his weight this year, and part of that's because of his injury, and that's okay to say. But like, people are afraid to admit it; they're afraid to say it. But you see it every night. The effort's just not really there defensively. I'm not sure he's totally there mentally. Part of me thinks he knows he's kind of hurt, and even if they do make the playoffs, he's mm-hmm. going to get swept in the first round. It's kind of more of like a let's just pack it in and, and save it up for next year, which might be the best thing for him to do. But this whole, he doesn't have the help around him is just a lie. Going into this it's year a, is, is how we've been told false. how the Lakers have such great young talent. It's and a total now, false now narrative. Nothing. It's a total false narrative. But when you're dealing with the greatest player in the league and you're dealing with um, you know a guy who's always going to garner headlines, there's going to be narratives drawn up around him. There's going to be the spins and there's going to be this and there's going to be that to help position him. And now the big word surrounding LeBron at this point in his career is legacy. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, won't be a huge knock on his legacy. The fact that he missed the playoffs the first year with the Lakers, but he is so caught up in the moment. And those around him that are stands for him are so caught up in the moment of, you know, one of his legacy notes, the fact that he went to X number of straight playoffs, 12 straight, 13 straight playoffs, um, and that's going to come to an end this year. You know, that's a knock on his legacy and people don't want his legacy to be tarnished. It is what it is. Yeah. It's a fact. He made a decision to go to a different team where the chemistry has not gelled. But I totally agree with you. On paper, this is a fantastic roster that should have at least 10 more wins than they currently do. Yeah, and uh, I I think he underestimated a little bit the way how good the West was and how he's just not going to be able to coast through it like he has been the last couple of years. And B, how many of the, I don't want to blame outside distractions fully, but I think when you're in LA and living in LA full time and playing there, I mean, when you're in Cleveland and you're kind of balancing stuff, you got going, obviously he's always had, you know, his, his production company, all that stuff. But when you're away from it, it's a lot easier just kind of have your, your people around you say, you guys handle this. I'm in Cleveland doing my thing. But if you're in LA yep. and you're there and you're down the street, whatever, you got a lot of different people pulling in a lot of different directions. And I think that might've caught up to him as well, a little bit more than he might've thought it was. 
Um, Matt, you know, you know how long it takes for something to come to life in in terms of like a feature or other things in television. It, they don't happen overnight. What you're seeing on television was not shot yesterday. Yeah, LeBron James over the last three months apparently has been shooting a ton of stuff, uh, promo stuff for Space Jam. Um, the new TV show on, what is it, ABC or NBC, some, like, challenge mm-hmm. Ninja Warrior show. Yeah, with Tim um, Tebow. It's LeBron and Tim Tebow. His his hand in Uninterrupted, his hand in the HBO stuff uh, with the shop. This is a, These are a lot of things that are removing his focus from basketball. And I will never be the shut-up-and-dribble guy. I will never be the be-a-basketball, be-an-athlete guy. I want these guys to go out there and have lives around basketball. I've said it before. I want them to be ready for retirement. I want them to set themselves up for success mm-hmm. beyond the game. LeBron James, foregone conclusion. He's going to you know, buy a team or do whatever he wants to do beyond basketball. He's going to be successful. But the emphasis of the focus needs to be on basketball if your goal is to win championships if your goal is to further your legacy if your goal is to continue these amazing streaks that he's already created you know you, you got to focus on basketball at yeah. a certain point and i think that point is january you know january rolls around all right let's lock in mm-hmm. and the whole oh i'm activating playoff mode early this oh, year God. coming out that's not how it works you know it's not how it works and we're seeing uh, and I made the point, I think, a couple weeks ago, we're seeing an older LeBron James who, who might not have that ability to just flip the switch anymore. And it's difficult coming off of injury. It's difficult with a new group of guys. I get that. But we're not going to know it's over until it's over, if that makes any sense. It's gonna, no, I'm with We're going to look back on it and say, oh, that happened quick because he did maintain such a high level for such a high time, mm-hmm. for such a long time. I'm with you. So I think that's, that's all we um, got. That's, wise, right? That, that, that's Laker talk. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, become. Big, I don't want to become a, a LeBron podcast because that hey, each one bigger than the next. Each one bigger than the next for your hometown Sacramento Kings. A big go. one tonight against Kyrie Irving and the Boston Celtics. Boston on the back end of a back to back. You know that teams tend to get that back to back, whether it be Sacramento then Golden State mm-hmm. or Golden State then Sacramento. It's such an easy trip. You know, it's, probably, it's an easy, probably staying it's in an easy hotel. trip, but this year it's been murderer's row for those teams. I'd love to see the record on those two because um, either way. Uh, you don't just walk into the Golden One Center and come away with No, no I, I wasn't even going to that. Golden <laughs> State's going to have 33 assists a night, and, and Sacramento carries the fastest pace in the NBA. So you're going to be tired mm-hmm. coming out of that back-to-back. Some um, heavy legs. The last one we saw, it wasn't even a back-to-back situation, but the 76ers went into Golden State. Philly went in there, pounded on them, had a, had a day off on Friday, came in Saturday, and you know got beat pretty handedly by, by the Kings. So um, it is not an easy stretch for anyone. It should be interesting to see what they do against Boston tonight. Sacramento currently a full three games out of the eighth seed behind the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. They do possess the uh, tiebreaker against the Spurs, so uh, three would get it done in this case. But uh, 19 games left, a three-game deficit. The number we put on it on our show this weekend was 14. They need to go 14 and uh, five in their remaining games to make the playoffs. I'm sorry. Is, can you is, can you repeat that? Uh, I saw something on Twitter that distracted me. Someone no, had, we're just saying, someone you know, had the Game I, I, of Thrones uh, trailer on, and it got me distracted again. <laughs> sorry. Um, no, we were asked uh, on the show the other day what, how many wins we think we'll get it done with 19 remaining games, and I said 14 and 5, I think, gets you into know, the playoffs because that gets you to uh, 
46 I mean, wins. And now, I think 46 now, if I'm not in. mistaken, I'm, I'm sorry if you said this, I don't think you have, but it, it looks more like the Spurs are the catchable team, am I right? Yes, and, and you've got to hope that some unbelievable Clippers are playing really good. Somehow. Doc's got the guys playing good. Uh, they're in the seventh seed, only a half game above San Antonio. But you got to hope, uh, if you're a Kings fan, you got to hope that San Antonio is that team that you want to catch mm-hmm. because at this point, half games are everything, tiebreakers are everything with how tight it is. They do possess, as I said, the tiebreaker over the San Antonio Spurs. The Laker, or excuse me, the Clippers have beat them. They're 0-4 against the Clippers this year. So if it was to be a tie in that sequence, you know, sorry, but yeah, watch next year, Gilmore. Type now, play. have you, uh, I, I'm not sure if you know this off the top of your head, do the Kings have any more with the Spurs coming up the rest of the way? If you don't know that, oh, they have one more. Head, okay. They have one more with the Spurs in late March. Okay. That uh, if it's tight at that point, could be could be the season on the line. Okay. Um, I believe it is in San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken. But gotta be Road Warriors, have, Joe. Get them the Road the Warriors Kings, shirts. The Kings do have. Yeah, we need some Road Warriors <laughs> with the eyes on it. Yeah, yeah those are great. Um, the Kings no, do have some the third easiest. Third easiest, my Titans. Where are my Titans at? Third easiest strength of schedule uh, remaining for the Kings, so that does um, bode well for them. Uh, they're at San Antonio on March 31st. Wow. Um, with there'll be five to play after that game, so big one right there. But uh, some big ones in the interim as well. Well, let's let's go get a playoff spot. That's all I gotta say. Here's your, I, I'm here's a King. your Kings update. Your, I'm a your Kings West guy. Coast update. I'm telling you, you the Kings are my West. They're my Western Conference team. I'm all in. Funky I don't get their games out here, so I can't watch them. But I'm all and in. They happen in like the middle of the night. Hey, well, you know what, Joe? You, you know I work a little bit later hours as well. So for me, middle of the night is like it's halftime when I'm getting home from work. So I'll catch the there second half. There we go. I respect the struggle, Matt. Yeah, um, you get it. Do we want to? You mentioned Game of Thrones. I mean, you know, we're uh, anti. We're the first anti Game of Thrones podcast. We are uh, not anti Game of Thrones. We're first team. We're, we're not anti Game of Thrones. We're Team White Walkers. We're Team White, we're White, White Walkers. Walker. Which so, I, uh, I've talked to our buddy Chris Sims, and he's he's still figuring out a time to get either just myself or both if we can get if we can get your schedule to jive with it as well. But. Uh, to, to defend our position on that. But, Joe, the trailer mm-hmm. came out, and I don't know if you saw it. I don't uh, know if not it, by choice, but, yeah, it was everywhere. I saw it. It, it, got me, it got me feeling pretty good. I don't know about you. I don't know how excited you are for the season. I'm one of these guys who's jacked up for it. It got me feeling pretty awesome. I'm excited to watch it because Shelby watches it. And oh, well, that's nice. I'm going to end up watching it. You're such a good boyfriend. Uh, I'm excited to watch it, but I'm more excited to not know what's going on. Like I, I like the ob- obliviousness of just being able to enjoy. Like they're talking about this battle scene, supposed to be the longest battle scene ever I've filmed seen, yeah. in film, like forty yes. something minutes with everybody who's in the show, probably dead people. It's gonna definitely be, the, the White Walkers know. are involved in that. I'm pretty. If sure. it's anything like Helms, if it's anything like Helms Deep in Lord of the Rings Two Towers, didn't see. You it. know, sign, sign me up for a full. Never season. saw a Lord seen, of the Rings a movie. You haven't seen any of the Lord of the Rings? Not, a, not wasn't. It didn't really do it for me. Oh, those are fantastic movies. Sorry, especially it's, the second one. Well, I, I, I'll take your word for it. You're out on you're out on Lord of the Rings, but you're in on Game of Thrones. I was kind of dragged into Game of Game of Thrones, not really even by choice. And then I decided to, you know, the, during the last season, Mike and Brian were, were watching it all the time, and I was just kind of, I was you know I hung around with them a lot, and they'd have it on. I wouldn't really want to go somewhere and watch something else. So I like you, I kind of obliviously watched, not knowing what was going mm-hmm. on. I had some fun with it, so I decided to start the series. I uh, I enjoyed it nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But that was talking yeah, Game uh, of Thrones. 
It's all, it's all I got on Thrones. I'm not... Uh, Take that, Deep Thrones podcast. I think it's also part stick. of the thing where Thrones has gotten so big. Like, Thrones, Thrones mania has gotten so big that I just can't wait for it to be over so people can then go through, like, the... Um, withdrawals the breaking uh, not the withdrawals but like the breaking bad I gotta rewatch it and then they rewatch it and then it goes away like, I love just, breaking bad though I, I should rewatch yeah. that sometime have you seen breaking bad my, my point right there yes I have seen breaking okay bad. I'm just making sure um, seen breaking bad very spotty in the first season like the, tried the, starting the first it, season and tried a half starting it that's it, what people said I tried starting it and everyone's saying oh you know first season and a half slow first season and a half slow um, I ended up watching like episodes one through three and I was like, screw this. Mm-hmm. And then watched a season one recap started with season two. That's honestly might be the way to do it because that's yeah. exactly how I was told. I was like, you're going to have to tough it through season one. But once you kind of get early, like ep- two or three episodes into season two, it gets pretty great. So, you know what? That's what I need here. Internet. I have a, I have a job for you. Um, people, people with the internet, if we can get this, the internet people and someone cut up someone on the internet. Out- Someone on the internet, internet cut up, <laughs> cut up an hour and a half. Game of Thrones, get me up to speed for the final season. Or what I'll you could do, down, Joe? I'll sit down and watch even two hours. I'll sit down and watch the recap with some slight narration to bridge us and get me where I need to be. Or just an hour a week, you can tune into our friends over no. the Game of Thrones podcast and hear them recap. No, they're no. not good. okay. If they I can try, put together a plug. full, hey, uh, Sims, if you want to throw me some money for that plug, you're more than welcome to. No free ads. A full six season. What is it? This is season seven, right? The final. Or, season? Yeah. Well, no. This is the la- the season coming up is season eight. Okay, so I need seven seasons worth in a two hour span. If you can okay. get that done for me, I'll talk. To, I'll talk. I'll, to uh, if that's a Deep Thrones pod, once you once you email the internet. Okay. Um, e- just internet, internet at, at me. Google, they're, com. they're at gmail dot com. Everyone's they're at gmail. gmail now. Okay. Google owns. I it. still people still give me a hard time for my Yahoo email, um, and it's not even you're still at on Yahoo.com. I'm still on Yahoo. Grow I'm, up. Uh, now, you're going to really hate me here because people yes, make I fun will. of me. Um, my personal is at rocketmail.com, which is Yahoo. It's just the offbeat Yahoo one. That's like older than hotmail.com. No, no, it's not. Hotmail I, and AOL were the first ones. It seems um, like it was older. I still have my AOL as well. So when people at the at the grocery store, do you have an email with sure, us? Sure, yeah. yeah. It's 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 the moose zero nine one. My AIM. So that's what that's what people get. I don't even know the sign into that one anymore. Uh, but probably got a lot of interesting emails in that inbox. Too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A lot of free trials. A lot of Nigerian princes, likely. <laughs> a lot of a lot of mail ordering going yeah. on. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, what was the magazine called where you'd order all the tchotchkes from? I don't know. I forget. Oh, no. I remember it. And it's, uh, I think it can, you might have to. It's great radio. Yeah, I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Not even going to go there. We're going to just. Joe's got a lot of junk mail in his old AOL. We're going to steer right there. Yeah, but like if you need me, it's at rocketmail.com. Okay. That's that's great. We'll, we'll be sure to remember that. Should we uh, jump into some buy or sell here, Matt? Let's do it. I don't have the sounder yet. I'm still working okay. on that. Uh, but okay. we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll get you one eventually. I've never rave reviews. Rave reviews on the buy or sell um, Moose and Runes uh, I liked from episode it. 94. Yeah. Um, and by rave reviews, I mean I enjoyed it. We so, both enjoyed um, it very much. And that's, we you hope know, you guys quite honestly, too. everybody, those are the two most important reviews because none of you pay us yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna do a, a little extended by ourselves here, just not not like last not week. Not last few week. Extras. We're just you know we're gonna add an, an extra question here or there. 
Okay. Um, Matt, it is combine season, so a couple combine questions here. I want to go combine. specific. Kyler Murray here, um, measured in at 5'10 and 1'8. Don't buy it. 207 pounds. Don't buy it. I buy the um, you're, because you're I think he's just loaded up okay. on water. You're telling me, yeah, that's possible. You can put on five pounds of water weight the night yes. before, whatever you want to do. But I know it would be really hard to rig a measurement um, unless, you know, you had a bunch of people with an invested interest in you. We don't see them get measured. We don't see them get weighed. Those are two things that cameras are not privy to at the combine. So uh, until someone shows me. What do you think? He slipped him a hundo under the table? Matt, I put nothing by these agents. Um until you show me Kyler Murray shaking hands with Russell Wilson, looking him eye to eye, I don't believe it. Well, you know, if he, goes telling number, me, if he goes number one are, to the Cardinals next year, Joe, he might see that twice. You're telling me that he is the same size as Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is five foot ten and uh, five foot ten and a half. So five foot ten and four eighths. Kyler Murray is five foot ten and one eighth. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense to me in how I'm picturing these two individuals. So that's not the buy or sell. Okay. The buy or sell is that was just Joe's rant sell. on Kyler Murray. That's just my rant. That's just how I feel about Kyler Murray and uh, the antics surrounding him currently. Buy or sell Murray to the Cardinals at one. I'm going to buy it. Uh, I think all of what you just said made a lot of sense. I don't think he's 5'10 either. Him and Cliff Kingsbury have the same agent. They might have been able to, whoever is conducting the measurements, make it. Cliff Kingsbury, if he drafts five ten quarterback number one overall, is not going to get ripped as much as he if he drafted a five nine and seven eighths quarterback number one overall. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that actually makes a lot of sense, and I, I think um, so. You're on the Cliff conspiracy last year. I'm, I'm a little bit on the conspiracy with you. He's not five ten. That's like saying Patrick Kane is five ten. He's not five ten. He's still very good. But he's not five ten, and that's okay. I, I found myself trying to figure out like how you would uh, rig a measurement at the draft. One, you grease the proper palms. Two, do they it's measure that. bare do they measure barefoot or are they allowed to wear socks? Because I could fit a lift in a sock, you know? That's you you just throw too. a little bit extra, a little temper pedic between the heel and the sock. Um did you do, do that extra. in college, Joe? No, I didn't. I just sure? told them measure me with my to, shoes on. When Billy used to put a piece of tape up against the wall in the locker room and that was our official ruler. Six foot one in the junior year program. It was somehow, six two. Somehow shrunk to six foot in the senior year program. Well, you know, you you get oh, older, goodness. Joe. You lose um, you lose height sometimes when you get older. You start to shrink. Point point being, um, the Kyler Murray hype train is in full effect. I feel like two weeks ago they were talking about the guy possibly being a late first round yep. pick somewhere. You know, he declares, says, oh, I'm focused on football. All of a sudden, the hype train gets gets churning behind him, and now we're talking about him as the possible first overall pick. It's got all the makings of the beware of bust signs. Yeah, and I still think he's going number one. How, how, are, how is a franchise going to ignore this? And, and it's not a franchise that needs a quarterback right now. You put one year of trust into Josh Rosen. Now watch what's going to happen. The New England Patriots are going to trade the I think he's definitely going there. Overall pick for Josh Rosen. Joe, I don't think he's, he's going to be that much. He's going to be really a pro don't. bowler. I don't he's think going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to win Super Bowls. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be comical to watch Kyler Murray 
fizzle out of the league in five years or less and watch Josh Rosen to go on to have a fantastic professional career in a place where winning is the standard. I'm not totally sure Kyler Murray is going to fizzle out of the league and be that bad. Um, I, I just, I'm not sure he's... I'm like, rooting for the kid. I'm rooting I, I don't for think someone he, to break I don't the think mold. he's going to be as good as everybody, think, as people want to say. He, obviously, his talent in college makes it look like he has the highest ceiling in the world. But if any of the reports coming out of these you know, interviews are true, um, and granted, they're just 15-minute sit-downs with teams, so it's hard to get to know him. But if you got the impression from this guy that he's not the greatest you know, worker uh, in, in the classroom or in the weight room, or he struggles with leadership, you know, skills, whatever, maybe, I mean, obviously those are some red flags, but the talent's there. That said, I, I still think Arizona, if he has a spot to succeed, probably is the right one with a guy like Cliff Kingsbury who runs an offense that's favorable to him. But then again, if that offensive line isn't fixed up, I mean, that was the worst offensive line in football last year, and that's a huge reason why Josh Rosen didn't have the season. Uh, I'd imagine he hoped or the Cardinals hoped, but um I'm with you, though. I, I think Josh Rosen does go to the Patriots. I don't think it takes number 32 overall. And uh, you and I have said both uh, several times on this podcast of last year's quarterback class, I think we're both high, highest on Josh Rosen. Um, Baker might be looking like he's going to be the best out of that class, but I think in the right mm-hmm. situation, Josh Rosen could be still has all the arm talent in the world with no talent around him last year. I thought it was actually just fine as the Cardinals quarterback. I agree with everything you just said, Matt, but none of it tells me what I need to know. Okay. What I need to know, my question is, what changed between the first week in January and today about Kyler Murray's talent level? When was Cliff Kingsbury hired? Why are we judging, exactly, why are we judging him differently today than we did on the date of his last game? We know nothing new about him. Nothing changed. He didn't grow, or apparently he did. It is a full-on PR push. It is. And we that's are what in the draft PR is, though. That's, right what, that's what the draft is. Exactly. Become. DK Metcalf's going to get drafted two rounds too early because the guy looks like an avatar. It's PR season, and Kyler Murray is going to be the biggest benefit of a PR push than I think we've ever seen. And I, I think, honestly, the GM's comments the other day are really all you need to know about how the Cardinals feel about their quarterbacks. He said, Josh Rosen's our quarterback for now. Right now? You don't for say now, Josh like quarterbacks. That, yeah. or, you don't say a you know, guy coming off his rookie year is your quarterback right now if you don't intend on replacing him fairly quickly. And they have the number it one leads me, It leads me to believe that there's a lot of people in management positions in the NFL that don't belong there. If they can't see this, if they're buying into this, if they're being as overtly idiotic about their current quarterback as that, man, oh man, you got to really raise some bigger questions, I think, surrounding some of these. I mean, uh, it's, it's like people are more concerned about potential of, you know, obviously Kyler Murray does have an incredibly high ceiling. But he has an incredibly low floor, too, I think. And I, I'm not necessarily certain he's going to hit either of those, the ceiling or the floor. But you know what you have in Josh Rosen? And like I said, a guy with next to no talent around him last year was pretty okay. Like, he wasn't bad. I, I, I don't see the need, the urgency to get rid of him unless for whatever reason you're – and I like Cliff Kingsbury. Your failure of a head coach at Texas Tech is coming into the NFL yeah. saying he doesn't like that quarterback. What, you expected Josh Rosen to come in and fix your three-win football team? Yeah. Is that what you wanted? It's, I, I don't think that's how things work. I don't think one player fixes anything, and I don't think Kyler Murray is going to make you any better. Well, 
I guess we'll see because the uh, that was, all uh, arrows are pointing that way. I don't even remember what the buy or sell was. That was buy or sell number one. Okay. Buy or sell, <laughs> buy or sell Marie to, uh, to the cards at number one. Okay, I am. Uh, I'm going to take things. You got to give an answer there. Oh, I thought I said buy. Okay, I told you he, he's going it. number one. I said that several times throughout there. He's going number okay. one with the Cardinals. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take things to the ice. Uh, well, first off, okay. before I do that, I'll, I'll give you a Matt's hockey five seconds. The Blackhawks are dead. Um, that was actually two seconds. I came in under time. Um, have you have you seen? You said you haven't, but have you gotten a chance since we've talked about it in the production meeting? Check out some of the the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, post game win celebrations, whatever. There, I don't mm-hmm. even know if that's buyer buyer sell. Those are you cool with them? Do you think the Hurricanes are a little childish for doing them? How do you how do you feel about those? Because uh, some oh, people man. had some spirited uh, opinions on them the, the the last few weeks. I buy them. You are talking uh, you are talking to an individual who loves a good celebration. You do. Um, we, you really do. We try and uh, we try and keep it in the in the realm of respect. We never want to disrespect our opponent. Um, Nothing I saw they're doing is disrespectful, which is where I so I you know have your well. fun, boys, because. It's everyone talks about how long the baseball season is, but the 82 game season in the NHL and the NBA is it's a long a March. It's a march of its own, and you need to find your fun. You need to find your moments. You need to find your uh, your glue, as the Lakers have not, you know, to, to really galvanize a team. And if this is what it takes, some fun celebrations, a little skull clap, whatever they're doing, you know, I'm all in for it. I buy it. I'm, I'm with you. If, if as long as it looks like the guys are having fun and it doesn't feel forced, go mm-hmm. for it. If you ever get to the point where it feels like you're kind of forcing it and the, the you know energy isn't there, then don't force it. But seems like they're having fun with it. I got no problem with it. Uh, you made the point that uh, Don Cherry was, was out on this. Don correct? Cherry called him a bunch of jerks. And, and if uh, this is Don Cherry off, I usually have it. So you're, you're on the yeah. other side of that arc. That's usually a good barometer of where I, I'm at. I think their first win after that, they had the uh, like the, the strobe light from the Jumbotron, whatever, and it, at the center of the ice, flash on the ice, a uh, bunch of jerks. Um, and then skate, <laughs> skate around, took a lap to a bunch of jerks. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I love when I, uh, in today's day and age, these arena crews do such a good job of it's amazing like, what they can in do. a couple hours intertwining social media and pop culture. It into is the, absolutely uh, amazing what they can do. The Kings, the Kings crew does a great job at Golden One. Uh, when Steph said the stuff about the moon landing, um, they played the moon landing on the board during the Golden State introduction that next night. Um, there's been a couple other ones, just, just great stuff. Oh, the Kawhi laugh. The Kawhi <laughs> laugh is in every arena now. It's, it's fantastic. All right. It's well, great stuff. What do you got for me? Um, Matt, a video surfaced, another video, uh, oh, videos. Re- a video surfaced of Iron Mike Tyson oh, yeah. at a bar. Um, just like a, a appeared to be talking with a group of people that were asking him questions about, I don't know, his technique or fighting. And he threw like a three punch combo. Oh, he still that, got it. Um, a little bit of pee, a little bit of pee. I tweeted just, I, I just peed a little bit. Um, it was frightening <laughs> to even watch the speed that that 50 something year old man possesses. Uh, I, I forget how I even posed this. I just wanted to tell you about it, but buy or sell uh, iron Mike. In his current status, 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 is a I like status. Sta- I was going to call between there. We're going to call between. Buy or sell Iron Mike Tyson in his current status is a top ten heavyweight champion or a top ten heavyweight fighter. Like he could throw on the trunk still. 
Uh, I'm going to say top 10 heavyweight, probably not. But I okay. could absolutely agree that he could throw on the trunks and get in a fight. Uh, I, I, it's one I tune in for, obviously, because Mike Tyson. But two, because he's either recording a knockout in the first two rounds or he's going to be dead tired after those two rounds and get knocked out. So I think okay. either way, you're, you're, you're in for a great show, a very fast one, most likely. But I would be all in for it. I think he could still win a fight in the, in the right situation against the right opponent. I, I, let's get let's let's start that actually. Let's start the rumor that Mike yeah. Tyson re- reports surface. Mike Tyson's interested in getting getting back. Mike in. Tyson versus Tyson Fury in the Battle of Tyson. There you go. One. So I think yeah. I think Tyson would Mike Tyson would struggle with that reach. <laughs> he could have a little issue with it. Oh goodness! Okay. Um, well, all right, hit me. I got one for you. Kansas had their uh, their fourteen straight uh, regular season Big Ten Big Twelve title streak uh, streak snap last night. Um, they haven't officially lost yet, but they're now, I believe, out of contention for it. It's down at Texas Tech and Kansas State. Joe Byersell, that is now the most impressive regular season uh, record streak, whatever you want to call it, in sports. Um, yeah, you, you asked me this in pre-production, and it, it's up there. I really couldn't think of another one to um, you know, put up against it. I guess the when was the last time the Patriots lost the uh, AFC East title? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one that would too. be up there. Um, the Braves back in the day, but like current streak, um, it's up. It was up there. I don't know. Um, I came up with one uh, midway through the podcast. It kind of came to me. I forgot about it. But the Detroit Red Wings twenty five consecutive postseason appearances. So technically, the record is making to the postseason. But to do that, you mm-hmm. have to be good in the regular. It's based off regular season performance. Um, from 90 to 2016, they made 25 straight playoff appearances and in the salary cap era in the NHL. Um, I thought that was an incredibly impressive one. But I got Kansas's streak um, has got to be right up there because Big 12 is not a little overconfident by any means. You just sparked my memory. Sure. It, it's not, so I'm selling on it. Spurs, I think, have been to 22 Ooh. consecutive NBA playoffs. That's pretty playoffs. good as well. Okay, I forgot um, about that Could one. come to an end this season, but uh, that is currently um, a hot one going still. It's it's a it's a great streak, no less. But I think both of us, off the top of our heads, as the podcasts have gone, have came up we with more a couple, so we're ones. selling. <laughs> yeah, we're selling. We're sellers on that. All right, uh, we're going to keep it uh, in, in the fight sport arena Love on it. my end here, Matt. Big fight. Um, Conor McGregor put out a little tweet uh, earlier today or late last night, uh, alluding to Mayweather McGregor two, another boxing match for McGregor, another big payday for McGregor. Buy or sell Mayweather McGregor too. Sign me up for it. I'd be all really? for it. Yeah, why not? Why not? Because I want to see I want to see Conor McGregor fight MMA fights, and he just had a big loss to Khabib, and you could build so many storylines around a rematch there or a fight between. I just um, want to see Conor McGregor back. And Conor I don't know versus what. Cowboy Cerrone. The thing is, the further away and the more time between UFC fights, the less likely this guy is to ever get in the octagon again. I, and I don't want to see him go get tuned up That's by a 45-year-old boxer again. Um, it, it, it's just, it, I just have zero interest in that. So I, I, I saw I guess, it happen. It was, it was I'd rather fun. see it, him. It was a sideshow, but he has, he's fought one MMA fight in the last, like, 26 months. That's not good. I'd rather see him in the octagon. But if him and Floyd decided to do it again, I would buy the fight. Does that make sense? 100%. Okay. Like, I'd physically, literally buy it. But, like, if I had a choice to buy or sell it. Prefer the, the Octagon. Okay. I, I prefer the Octagon. That. I want to see him do what he does. I don't think we're going to see many more Conor McGregor fights. It doesn't in seem any that way, does it? 
The man made $100 million plus million for the first boxing match with Floyd, on top of the probably $30 million he'd made in the UFC with all of his endorsements prior to that. Now he is making liquor money. And liquor money is different money. He owns a whiskey brand. And there's commercials for Have you tried it? And apparently, I have not. Apparently, it is selling. You cannot keep it on the shelves in Ireland and in other places. Of course. It's Conor McGregor. He is, a, he is now a liquor impresario. He doesn't need to fight another day in his life. And fighters are, are seldomly... Um, you suddenly get into the fight game when you come from a background of plush, uh, of, of, you know, of, ha- it's usually the have nots that get mm-hmm. into fighting and then, and then you have, and then you continue to fight a little bit and then you retire. He became a have and a top tier have in such a short amount of time that I think there's some question in his head. What's the, what do I really gain here? getting back into the octagon and tuning up Donald Cerrone or getting back into the boxing ring and, and having Floyd Mayweather beat me in a decision again. Like, what do I gain here? The checks are coming in every week and they're big as is. I mean, even then, like, even if he does go, what does he have to gain if he goes in? What, what, what does he have to gain for him taking the risk of going in and winning? Like, what the sure, he might go in and win, but he also has to think of, like, I still could go into the octagon and lose because I think what we've seen from Connor is he's a awesome personality he's a big personality he's a very good fighter but he's been exposed a couple times now like he's lost some big fights it's not like he's this mr automatic in the ring his fights are so popular a because he is good but more so because he's such a great promoter it's not like Mm -hmm. a lock he's going to go in and win any any of these and if he loses enough that does tarnish his legacy a little bit and like like to your point it might just not be worth it to him unless he gets Maybe he's that's why a, he's going after boxing. He's in a weird no man's land right now. He might be in a in a position where he's saying like, "All right, if I can make fifty million again for one fight, sure. If not, I'm just gonna like you said, keep making liquor money. I'll I'll be just mm-hmm. fine. I've made enough. I can make money on sponsorships, whatever, and I'll be just fine." Call it a day with some proper twelve. Have you tried it? Have you tried proper twelve? I haven't. You There's a bottle like of it sitting in my kitchen. Uh, I don't. I've never. Had it. <laughs> I think Mike have some, it. I've never had it. Maybe I'll have some later. Some, some proper twelve and Cheerios or something. That's probably not good. <laughs> uh, you got one more for me? Yeah, we're going food. Um, okay. It's, cool. it's been long Love enough. Uh, the Shamrock <laughs> Shakes back, Joe. It's been back for a week or two now. Um, I got to ask you buy, buy or sell, and this is one of the more important questions I think I've asked you on the podcast. Um, buy or sell the, sh- the Shamrock Shake. Buy or sell the Shamrock Shake. Now, I'm going to buy it with a the caveat here. Okay, well, at least you um, bought it. That's, a, that's okay. It brings back great nostalgic memories of going to get Shamrock Shakes the day they came out with my grandma at McDonald's down the street from my house. Like, we'd always go do it. Husky Joe loved them. Couldn't get enough of them. Husky Joe. But... But a Husky Joe Musso, I like that. A flip switched at one point, and I, I think a switch it was, flipped. A switch flipped. Thank you. A flip yeah. switched. Gotcha. A, a switch flipped at some point. It was around puberty, and I think it's more correlation than causation. There, it just was. It just happened to be around the same time. But I became terribly lactose intolerant just to ice cream. Like I can drink a glass of milk right now, but if you put one scoop of ice cream in front of me, it's like a twenty-four hour commitment. Um, like clear my schedule type thing. So I can't enjoy the shamrock shake anymore. 
That's unfortunate. I, buy, I still buy it. Okay. But like, I, I can't love the go buy it and eat it. What if you take away from um, those, uh, those lactate pills? I could take a lactate, and that's, uh, that's usually pr- a pretty safe bet. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I've kind of – ice cream and I have kind of gone our, our separate ways. Uh, I, that's so sad. I fill my sweet tooth with cookies these days. That's, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a cookie monster. That's still so sad. Ice cream's – I mean, it's the best. It's not the best. It's like the one the place, the one, okay, you know where you know where I do still really need ice cream, and that's when I'll bring when you a, have a pie. When I have an apple pie, when you have an apple pie, a fruit pie, apple pie, a warm apple pie, or blueberry a la mode. You need the scoop. I don't like pie without a scoop of ice cream. I still like it, but it's not it. nearly as good. Yeah, I, I feel like it. I missed out on something. Mm-hmm. It, the um, pie. The, the fruit pie, the warm fruit pie, cannot stand alone without the ice cream. And it's it's, it's yeah, not you make my it, favorite dessert. You make it sound so gross when you call it fruit pie. Like That's what it you is. make the it apple, sound cherry, like mushy, berry. But the well, way you're saying kind of mushy. the way you're saying fruit pie, you're yeah, you're really getting the mushiness of it across, and it's making me uncomfortable. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Um, I didn't know dessert talk made you uncomfortable. Well, you get a little sensual during dessert talk, so yes, yeah, it that's, does. That's, that's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness i think we've uh, successfully as we do on a weekly basis gone off the rails here on the moose and Hoots podcast episode oh, can 25. i get one more bonus in there for you i, you I just always, saw this yeah, i man. forgot uh did you see quinn and williams 40 time the other day uh, i did four eight, I four, four eight four eight four did you see what did you see what he ate before that uh three double stuffed oreos ate a handful four? ate a handful of double stuffed oreos joe so i don't really <laughs> so, know how like, i'm turning this into a buy or sell I get buy, buy or sell. What's your what's no, Matt, 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 go for buy, it. buy, okay, don't even fair. buy. Okay, you know I'm a single stuff Oreo man. You're you know so, that, that's, that's disgusting. We've had and the conversation delicious, on the podcast but you're before. Disgusting. It is the intended ratio of an Oreo. That's you're how the wrong. cookie was designed. Wrong, it though. was perfect upon design. No, we had this last weekend. No. The most stuff Oreo. Oh my! It's, it's it's delicious. It's the but the pro- again. I, I've told you this before. The problem is I cannot dunk a double stuff. I am a yes, cookie you dunker. You can't. Why can't you? What it, what is what is takes on? Stop it me? takes on because when I bite it, the way that the filling or the cream, it, the order is one bite. Cookie. It dissipates. It gets it. It, it, it turns into bite. sugar in your mouth, if not you're in your body. you're eating the Oreo in more than one bite, you're doing it wrong. It's a one-bite cookie. No. Yes. Oreo's a two-bite cookie. It is you not a two-bite cookie. You bite the half a cookie. You're a glutton. No, and you don't. know it. You don't. You drown it for about 10 seconds, and then you eat the whole cookie in one bite. That's how you eat an Oreo. You, no, you, you had me until you eat the whole thing. You dunk. You're you such fully a skinny dr- kid. You fully drown the Husky cookie. Husky Joe would be you very take, disappointed in you. You bite three quarters of the cookie off and eat it. So I'm giving myself a quarter of an Oreo. The cookie is somewhat, somewhat mushy, somewhat mushy. But then there's also the there's also the point that didn't get submerged because you're not a heathen. You don't put your fingers in your milk. milk. No, you you got to have the little crispy edge. You go. You finish with the last bite with the little crispy edge. That's just. There's no wrong way to eat an Oreo. That's fair, but if there was one, it would be your way. Okay. Well, you're you're mean. You're mean, Joe. And go enjoy. I don't want enjoy be. your double stuff cookies that you're eating one I at think, a time. I Just you're throwing only, them back. I think you're the only person in America who would say they prefer the single stuff Oreo to the double stuff or the mega stuff. Not or whatever. No. Um, I'd say I'd say it's a fifty-five to to forty-five split. Is that math right? Fifty-five forty. Yes. Fifty-five forty-five split in favor of the single stuff. Oh my God! You couldn't be more wrong. You're delusional. Put it out on Twitter. 
Get the, we have we okay. already yeah, we do we we've had the Twitter polls. Put this CC the internet people once again. CC okay, the send this to send this to the internet again. All I want to the, the question I want to pose to you, Moose and Rooms listeners, is who are you going to trust on this? A guy who you know goes to a skinny kid or a fat kid? I'll just leave it at that. I might have lost no, some weight. But neither I'm of us. I'm not skinny and you're not. Oh, fat. you're this skinny. You've I'm been a skinny, skinny guy your whole life. See, that's fat guys think that. Anything not fat is skinny. I do, yes. Which is dumb. Like, I'm a normal-sized human. Yeah, okay, you're skinnier than the fat kids. You're skinnier yes. than me. Yeah, but yeah. you can't assign me relativity. Don't assign... Don't Don't identify me, Matt. You call me fat? No, I did not. You Sounds called like you, you called fat. Me fat. Well, you said you, you were skinnier you than me. Fat. You agreed. You called you fat. You should have said no, Matt. You look great. You do look fantastic. Well, relative, I, to, I had to ask relative to, to Garfield, Matt. You look like a million bucks, well, too. That's true. Okay, that's yeah. You but like remember, there was Garfield, Matt. Garfield, you Matt knew how to eat pretty well, Joe. Matt, you have me using the Lord's name in vain on Ash Wednesday, and that's where I have to draw the line. Okay. You got any Lent stuff you're giving up? Anything off the top of your head? Um, no. Let's do that though. Let's think of that for the next podcast. Okay. You make me give something up. Oh wow. Um, we'll take one. I'm going to make the table. Well, I was going to tell you, I was, mine Doris. was going to be double, you, you're giving up double stuff, Dorian. Well, if you're giving, I'm giving up double stuff, you're giving up single stuff. All right, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll ruminate, we'll, we'll brainstorm on that, we'll see what, uh, you're going to have any fun with a little little Lenten challenge on the Moose and Moons podcast. Thank um, Jesus, guys. And, uh, yeah, shout out to... Shout out to all the Moose and Moons listeners, as usual, for tuning in. That's going to do it for episode 95. We appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in, as always. Uh, send us those mailbag questions, because as we do hit this time of year, when it is a little lighter in the in the sports cycle. We like uh, answering play- your questions. Before winter playoff time hits here. Yeah. You know, you know bail us out. I Get guess us off I'm the saying. rails, people. That's all we're asking. Bail us out. Okay. Talk to you guys later. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.